are you saying that those are about as useless as coconut oil? Very interesting. And I also think it's like so douchey to say <laughs> that like TFC eight or it's, bust. It is so douchey. <laughs> guys we are back welcome back to the chemist confessions podcast a human conversation on all things skincare science i am gloria i'm victoria what are we talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah sick <laughs> um today is an episode on decoding body care because we see a lot of new products mm -hmm. out there and we get a lot of questions about it yes um but before we talk about that let's start with a few brand updates yeah, and I think the first one is a not so great news. Mm. Uh, we should talk about the fake book that are a basically a fake copy of our skincare decoded book that is basically being sold out there while our book is currently out of stock. It is kind of depressing. I feel like the first time someone alerted us to this issue, it was a listing on Amazon. Mm -hmm. At that time, it was kind of haha -ha funny and mildly flattering. Yeah. Um, because it was so obviously fake. It, if you search for skincare decoded, yes. both copies will come up. And one was, they actually have a picture of the inside. It was so obviously not us. It's like photocopied, <clears throat> um, just really poor printing. And then also, we should clarify, our book is only in hardcover. Yes, correct. Um, but this is sold as a very thin paperback. And when you look at the content, it pushes essential oils, which is literally the opposite of who we are. Yeah. And um, thankfully, under the Amazon copy, there are reviewers that called out this being a fake Super book. Super kind. So eventually, we, it took us quite a while, but we flagged it. We complained to Amazon. Eventually, that listing got taken down, and we're like, well, whatever. And then now there's a whole new crop of it coming up. Um, we see it on Walmart.com. One of our followers that actually said Bookstore.com had a fake copy out there. It was, it's It's very the weed that won't die. It's the parasite that won't die. Yeah. So we're working diligently with our publisher yeah. to A, get our actual book back in stock and B, trying to see what we can do to like, mm. take these people out for yeah. good this time. Yeah. So if you do come across the fake version, please let us know. Um, we are collecting all of the evidence to help our publisher out in managing this issue. And also feel free to send these um, retailers a kind message that this is not cool. Yeah. So um, that would be super helpful. Yep. So you will see, uh, first of all, like Victoria said, these are uh, paperback copies and they kind of tweak the name a little bit because our book is called <laughs> Skincare Decoded, A Practical Guide to Beautiful Skin. The fake version of this book is called Skincare Decoded, Informative Guide to Healthy Skin in Practice. You yep. want the shorter title. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you see a paperback copy of it, if you see something posted by Lulu Press, don't buy it. It's 100% fake copy. Yeah. And we really appreciate it if you let us know where you saw the listing so we can flag them all. I can definitely tell you, first of all, I think if you've ever heard of our journey in creating this book, never thought we were writers. Mm -hmm. In the Chemist Confessions journey, we never thought we would have a book. 
And then I think finally we can say, never thought there would be a counterfeit version of this book. Of all of these. Counter- oh my God. Like I said, the first time I saw it, I was like, haha, that's kind of funny. And now it's like very much past that not funny mark. And yeah. in fact, on walmart.com, there's no reviews for the book, but it has a bestseller tag on it, which really, really irritates me. Yeah. Anyway. And the fact that it's creating so much confusion for people who are really just trying to find some and get some skincare help. So yeah. it's been pretty rough on that end. But otherwise, we should move on to some better news in that finally our new website is up. Yay! So go check it out. Yes, this (laughs) was a journey. And it's pretty different than our previous website. We're so excited about this. We were able to put all the bells and whistles on it, present everything we want to say in a way that's engaging it's fun there's a lot there's a lot of easter eggs on the website actually yeah so if you have some free time give our website a scroll um we actually get to share a little more about our kind of product development journey Mm -hmm. a little bit more about our story and especially we would love to know your thoughts on the blog portion because we really wanted to make the content a little bit more easy to find Mm -hmm. based on the things you want to know about. So all of your good feedback would be super helpful in just building out an even more comprehensive, honestly, multiverse of skincare and content. So yeah, Yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, check it out. We are definitely running a special around the website launch to celebrate. Uh, As of recording this podcast episode, we're still knee deep in trying to finish this (laughs) website. So I don't know what the celebration is going to be yet. (laughs) I'm going to guess it's going to be good. So check it out. (laughs) Otherwise... Please use Chemist Coin for $5 off your first initial purchase. Um, it is not an NFT. It is not crypto. It's cold hard cash in hoping that you incentivize you wanting to trial and find one of our products to fit your skincare routine. Yeah. That's it for the brand news. And let's get into the other news. <laughs> okay. All right. So. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes ago, when we decoded vitamin C products, we shared a bunch of class action lawsuits, and a lot of them were around P&G. Well, let me tell you, P&G is not catching a break at all because their Oral-B brand has been flagged again. Um, Basically, this class action lawsuit is being filed against their dental floss. And for those of you that floss, you know that Costco sells a mega pack of their this type of floss a lifetime's worth of yes. supply <laughs> this is their oral b glide dental mm-hmm. floss the classic mm-hmm. and the allegation is that despite the defendant marketing the product as pro health the they are i guess their independent lab testing has shown that the product most likely contains these per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, and these are the forever PFAS that you have probably heard through the news. This is because that the material of the floss does use some aspect of Teflon to give it that glide. Um, it and- is called forever glide. I suppose that's <laughs> honest marketing. <laughs> yep. So that's kind of what Oral B's dealing with. And for those of you who are wondering, yeah, what is going on with PFAS? To be honest, it's a pretty difficult and complex problem that 
is on everybody's on a lot of regulatory's radar right now and understanding because these are molecules that don't break down but the complication is that PFAS are a library of molecules yeah. where we're just not sure which ones actually do contribute or impact our health and also they're everywhere it's not just and actually in mm. cosmetics is such a tiny portion of it mm -hmm. when they're looking at more like materials and cookware you're thinking about things like flame retardants um mm -hmm. yeah so that's the general nature of it basically more data needed yeah damn sorry oral b <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's been a rough couple of months for them so um yay <laughs> yeah all right so moving on next piece of news it's not really news. I just thought it'd be fun to share with Gloria. Um, remember how men's skincare was all the rage? Men's skincare is fetch. Yeah. They've been trying to make this happen for some time now. So there's this stat that came out that basically said from market analysis that men's skincare products market size is expected to exhibit the highest growth by 2029. Wow. <laughs> I am so excited. It's 2023. And when I read 2029, I'm like... Oh, right. We're not there yet. <laughs> I feel like when Victoria and I entered uh, the industry, yeah. which she kindly reminded me was 10 years ago recently, <laughs> I feel like men's skincare was presented as the happening, the new frontier, the promised land. 10 years ago, and now they're like, ooh, uh, it's definitely coming. Yep. So In 30 years. <laughs> Men's skincare is fetch. Yeah. I'm still waiting for it to happen. <laughs> yep. I think someone we met a while ago made this hilarious analogy. It's like, yeah, like the targets dedicate 30% of their shelf space to 2% of the market. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yee. So anyways, there's that. If, if y'all are wondering about, you know, the hype around men's skincare, I think, while this is, I felt like the title was trying to generate hype. If anything, I felt like it deflates yeah, I'm like, <laughs> the oh, category. Yeah, because it's been, they've been, you yeah. know. It's still coming. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, it's taking longer than people thought. Yeah. And I will say, if you're a dude who loves to take care of your skin, good on you. And I think it's great that more guys are interested in skincare in general. I, I do think there's a huge mismatch between what people think this category is going to be and what guys are really looking for. Yeah. I let's just be real. I don't think you it's you can sell a fifteen step routine to ninety percent of the guys out there. And I'll be honest, I look at my own brother and what skincare he uses. Mm -hmm. It is not defined by gender. Yeah, it is simply about like what does it work? Yeah, does it work? What did the reviews say? So I just feel like this whole genderifying brands. It's a little weird, right? Exactly. And we've always said, like, these ingredients, they work pretty much in the same aspect, regardless of gender, right? Yeah. It's really about our, there are differences in the biology of skin, but in the actual mechanism of skincare, it's the same. So Actually, I think that's such a good point, And that's such a, something that I kind of struggle with is like, do we really need length specifically for men? The only thing I can think of that's pretty unique to men's knee is, aftershave in general like what they're looking yeah, for there is very different care. than what women are looking sure. for but good sunscreen is a good sunscreen exfoliation retinoids yeah. Yeah. you don't need something you smell like cedar to be <laughs> you know a boy's sunscreen so yeah everyone is a 
like lumberjack, lumberjack <laughs> with minty a lumberjack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought that was mildly fascinating. Next thing I do want to share is, you know, the brand Ren Clean Skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, they're carried in Sephora. They have announced that they're actually discontinuing 29 of their products. Wow. Their goal is because they feel like they haven't really cracked the, they're a British brand, and they feel like they haven't quite cracked the U.S. market. So Mm -hmm. their idea is to actually dial back their line Mm -hmm. and kind of do a better curation of product launches. So I thought that was Kind of the first signs of like a bigger brand that wants to actually try to minimize because we always talk about how like it always feels like more of the same. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of fascinating. Good on them. I'm pretty curious to see what they are keeping versus what they um, killed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I feel like my impression of Ren is like, I don't know why, uh, why it is. I'm sure that's a problem they're trying to address yeah. is I know they exist. I don't have it feels like a staple in Sephora. Yes. Yet if you ask me what is a standout product in their skincare line or what's no. something super memorable to you from their line, I am drawing a blank. Totally. And I also think they were I have to say that I feel like they were the first ones to do the whole like awareness around sustainability packaging Mm -hmm. um but that's all i knew them for because they were the ones that first did the like um bag Mm -hmm. uh i forget they had like a pouch kind of cleanser Mm -hmm. and but that's it like you only know they were the first to do that but their skincare is kind of like well i don't really know i didn't even know they have 29 products to to kill and get this that's a third of their portfolio i didn't know they have a hundred <laughs> products that's insane yeah exactly so i was i was really surprised but yeah makes sense to me i think that's a good i i like this strategy actually me too i always say that because <laughs> we used to work for them talking about a lot but i always <laughs> think the cues the keels number of skews is just so i know like their um positioning is kind of this like slightly hipster apothecary. like apothecary brand lots of bottles on a shelf yeah but i just think if you want to talk about like sustainability initiative why does a line need 300 products there are so many lines and keels and every year it's like a new not just product it's a new line of product that's crazy and i don't remember any of them like the purple one the orange one the red one Yep, we've hit chemist rant corner. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's absolutely accurate. I mean, I think we always, that, well, to be honest, a little insight into when Gore and I look at launches, a lot of it's just like grumble, 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 yeah. because it's oh, like, great. Oh. <laughs> oh, like, well, actually, this is a great segue into the next product because it's like, Oh, what will they think of next? Retinol. <laughs> Speaking of Augustina's Bader's latest retinol product. We should follow up on that, Gloria. Yeah, you know, I thought doing a prices right was good enough. Yeah. But um, recently, Victoria found this article where they interviewed the, <sighs> the founder. So it's the CEO's Charles Rosier and uh-huh. then the Professor Augustinus Bader, mm-hmm. right? So they were in recently interviewed about this recent launch of theirs. Their 
retinol serum basically it's just called the retinol serum and Mm -hmm. this is the if you remember it's like a blue test tube looking vial that requires a copper stand to stand up correctly (laughs) um that is novel (laughs) and is around the 300 dollar uh price range yeah so for us we're like Dude, man, you can get any retinol you want on the market for yeah. two ninety. Like, I don't, yeah. So, but all these things made as, as a brand is is Lux, and is always positioned as a higher price point. So we did a prices right a couple episodes ago. You can check it out. But then this interview made us go, "Dang it, we have to talk about it again." <laughs> yeah, it's. Let's just say the responses um require a little bit of dissecting. We should discuss. And we're going to try to be as PC as possible. So PC. (laughs) All right. Um, They actually reveal in this interview, um, they ask, the the question is, what makes Augustina Spader's retinol serum different from other retinol products? So Professor Bader says, the good thing about this product is that we have an extremely low dose of retinol, just Mm 0.6%, much less than a conventional product. A high concentration has a lot of side effects and can dry out the skin. So, 0.6. I was instantly annoyed with this answer. Less side effects. Yeah. So, first of all, you're saying that this product has low, uh, less side effects because it's a low dose. But the response made me feel like unless there's a typo, Professor Bader doesn't exactly know a lot about retinol. Yes. Because we should, and you guys also probably already know this, is that a gentle retinol is anywhere between 0.1 and 0.3. When you want to start dialing up is when you want to go from 0.5 and above. So, hmm? yep, that's right. You also caught it too. Yeah, (laughs) 0.6 is not a low dose at all. Just for reference, 0.1 is the lowest dose that's proven effective that you can typically find at drugstores. Our own double play uses 0.3, and that's considered kind of that has punchy efficacy, but still gentle enough for most skin types, yes. then 0.5 to 1 is more for the retinal veteran. So saying, oh, ours is so unique and it has an extremely low dose at 0.6% <laughs> says, hey man, you might want to do more research on that one. Yeah, maybe just brush up on the retinal percentages just a smidge. And we should follow up with uh, Mr. Rosier's uh, response where he talks about how it's not just about the retinol, it's about their proprietary peptide. And he drops a gem of a line that says, we're not just an ingredient package brand like all the others. I guess he's referring to those that tout the retinol percentage of a product as their marketing claim. Uh, but he also says, if there is no TFC8, their proprietary peptide, you should go to a pharmacy and get coconut oil or carrot oil. I not to be so conceited. <laughs> Just, I get it. You have a proprietary ingredient, so there's a lot of brands. And also, like, I don't see more studies on TFCA than other proprietary ingredients. So, also to say that it's a very odd response because it it's kind of very short sighted on. All the other actives that we have talked about through our channels is like, are you saying that those are about as useless as coconut oil? Very interesting. And I also think it's like so douchey to say that like (laughs) TFC8 or bust. It is so douchey. Yeah, and I think that, and also 
do you have comprehension issues? Because the question is, why is this retinal serum different than all retinal products? You shit on traditional active. You launched a retinal serum that is about as traditional as it gets. Yeah, that's a, yeah. And you know in terms what? of the innovation <laughs> aspect, we would say, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. And you just say, oh, you should go to pharmacy and get coconut or carrot oil. You know what else pharmacies tend to carry? Other retinal products. <laughs> yeah. Also, adapalene. <laughs> just anyway. Next. <laughs> All right. So one last piece of this interview we'll talk about. They say things like, we use an ingredient that has been proven to work in clinical trials retinol combined with a patented proprietary set of ingredients that together also have clinically proven results so that's just we just want to highlight you know the joining of these two ingredients and how that is like their claim of why of i guess uh substantiating the price point mm-hmm. and like we said we just said you can always just get a retinol and you don't have to pay this price tag yeah um yeah and then we should follow up they actually go on to actually talk about their supplements, which has a couple gems that we think you guys would enjoy slash be triggered by. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually sell a supplement that um, is priced at $130 roughly for a 30-day supply. And the interviewer was asking about this and they comment about how Basically, Dr. Bader says, food does have an important role in wellness. We should all eat good food and get enough sleep. We make wellness food supplements for stem cells. The skin barrier has a barrier and we have been repairing the barrier and bringing it to the cellular micro environment. What does that mean? No clue. And then they follow with, not everyone has access to good food. Our food has become super industrialized and is often artificially created. So it's good to think about what you eat. If your food is not good, it makes sense to supplement your diet. And when we read this, we we're like, I don't think this could be more tone a deaf. more tone deaf of a statement. Like, if you don't have access to good food, pay $130 for a 30-day supply of their stem cell stuff. I... The the interview goes on more about, you know, the lovely CEO of this company complaining about how expensive it is to make their $130 supplement, about woe is them, that their margins are terrible, that they're practically doing you a favor and doing charity work by selling $130 food supplements. <laughs> yeah, I just... tiny violin. Yeah, I, I will say, I think, like, Victoria and I have always, like, to to me, how much a product costs, and there, there's always a need for different price points, right? People who are much, much more budget conscious yeah. want the cheapest possible product yeah. versus people who will pay a little bit more for substantiated clinical yeah. products, and then people who like luxe products. Just to be clear, I don't think there's anything wrong with people that enjoy good luxe products. There's mm-hmm. a lot of reason to buy into that. You like the packaging. You can afford it, so you want to give yourself a treat. Yeah, you want to treat yourself to something Mm -hmm. nice. Absolutely nothing wrong with the category as a whole. Where we kind of take offense in it, it's just like, you are in a luxe category, you can own that. But you don't have to make it sound like you're A, doing everyone a favor because, you know, access to good food is so scarce. And it's just, (laughs) there are people that have actual issues financially in terms of accessing good food just toned up all around 
and you launch something that's one of the most common or well-established anti-aging green on on the market, <laughs> and to make it seem like oh, it's so novel because it's and then say something that's completely patently false about this molecule just feels like very whatever all around. Basically, to say that Augustinus Bader is not trying to solve world hunger here. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> let's be real. That's just how far removed this whole this whole uh, I guess interview and explanation is from everything so i mean i think you know like gloria said i totally agree this is not to say that um there's no place for luxury skincare mm-hmm. but also you must know your place as luxury skincare yeah. and if you are trying to have an honest conversation about your product development and why you created the things you are this is not it. <laughs> yeah, and I also think there's a... This goes across any industry, right? There is a way to praise your own work. You can be proud of your proprietary molecule without backhanding other people. Yeah. Like, you're literally... And other brands at lower price points. Yeah, you literally backhand a whole, whole like, industry. Yeah. Saying that this is revolutionary, nothing's like it. You haven't, I bet you haven't even benched your TFCA against other good skincare ingredients. So whatever, man. (laughs) And y'all got the money. Y'all can try. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with that, that is the news. Wow. We said we're going to keep it PC light and fun. (laughs) A bit of drama for y'all. But otherwise, let's get into the fun stuff. We're going to decode a couple body products. And I did want to share with Gloria that for this segment there is a lot there's really first of all i should say not a lot of claims Mm -hmm. not a lot of testing but if there were ever a category to have that it would be around body exfoliants Mm -hmm. um so we're actually going to look at three products and kind of the different claims that are being made just around exfoliants Mm -hmm. um so the first one i wanted to share is by skin fx This is their KP plus psoriasis smoothing body treatment. Mm -hmm. And I did want to share that this, yes, so it is for keratosis polaris and then uh, psoriasis as well. They did a two-week dermatologist evaluation um, or clinical study on 21 subjects. And we'll go through the inky really quickly. Uh, We're not going to read through like we usually do. We're just going to highlight a few things here. So I did want to call out the um, AHA and BHA. They have lactic acid and salicylic acid. And they also have these the sterile aconium hectorite and some of these um, like scrub particles to give it that um, bit of mechanical exfoliation as well. Yeah. Um, so generally speaking, body ingredient lists are going to read a little bit more van- vanilla than some skincare ingredients just because for body you're getting a much larger volume so inherently the structure is going to be a little basic they're going to have to be very cost conscious in terms of their formula so we'll say the main actors around this product are all in the exfoliant realm so like victoria mentioned there's glycolic lactic and cell acid there's some nice semi chilling out there yeah and also i should correct myself the mechanical exfoliant is the magnesium aluminum silicate. Uh, yeah. That's a very common one mm-hmm. um, for mechanical exfoliants. Yeah. So um, the clinical results that they did after two weeks is an 88% reduction in skin flaking mm-hmm. and a 25% improvement in skin texture. Yeah. 
And I, they did have a before and after that mm-hmm. kind of showcases that improvement. And the reason why I wanted to call this out is because, first of all, actually, psoriasis is a pretty tough claim. Yes. But um, I think it is noteworthy to share. And I think their BNA is a good example of, you know, general improvement and how exfoliants can be helpful, especially generally in just smoothing the surface of skin, right? Yeah. And I will say that psoriasis can severity thereof can range far and wide in between. So it's noteworthy that in this BNA, the skin condition looks very, very mild. Yes, totally. Um, So even though it does claim for these conditions, depending on where you are in your journey, this might not be enough. I think that's a really good point because in the um, clinical testing and claims that they share, it's really about the management of skin flaking and mm-hmm. texture. Mm-hmm. And we know that psoriasis is a much bigger problem yeah. than that. So uh, that's a really good point. And I did want to also share that BNAs in body care will actually are... Wild. Yeah. Incru- first of all, wild and incredibly difficult to do because Gloria and I, when we have visited some of these third-party testing facilities... Doing body is so difficult because mm-hmm. every little movement will actually shift the visual. And that's why BNAs are, to. it's actually pretty hard to find a good BNA. And that's yeah. why I think some of these brands don't actually do a very good job. Yeah, it's actually fascinating how the littlest thing yeah. changes everything. Yeah. Right? There's one study at one to where um, they want to look at neck yeah. and just the side profile in general because they're looking at the lift uh, yep. in the jawline but even that you will think you just oh you just sit to the side but in terms of a lot of test subjects are a little nervous so if they're tense yeah. it completely changes the perspective yes sometimes people slouch forward they lean they um you keep telling them like oh lift your chin a little bit because when you try to match the exact bna there's you have the overlay of the before picture and yeah. you try to match it and it's crazy how some people, there's nothing you can do to get them to exactly match what yes. they look like before. It's crazy. Yes. And even like neck has obviously a ton of pivot, right? Yeah. But even like an arm, yeah. like you want to do, let's say you want to do a slimming image, mm. like just the just the little bit of hinge mm-hmm. can make a difference. And you'll see that in a different product um, that we look at. But that's why we, we want to share, you know, the before and afters in body is really wild. I think SkinFX does a really good job in their BNA as a good example of, you know, a more uh, believable, I guess, image. Yeah. I also will share one that's not a good example and something that we would say we wouldn't give much value or merit to is Topicals Exfoliating Body Serum. Um, while I think that one does have similar exfoliant ingredients um if you look at their bna this is one where we're like "Eh, i don't really know what to make of this so if you look at the topicals bna this is where we'll say it's not great the lighting isn't good i think the lighting is for me immediately i'm like wait so before five uh, when they started Okay, and then five days later, they found the light switch is what it looks like. (laughs) Changed their light bulb. I don't know. (laughs) Also, it's like, you know, there's suddenly a sheen to five days later. So we would say this is a BNA that we would just not really look at at all. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the first type of body product. The second one is for 
crepe skin and cellulite. That's usually a texture thing, a mm-hmm. bit of a topography. And this, we wanted to share a product from Strivectin. Mm-hmm. It's called the Crepe Control Exfoliating Body Scrub. In terms of ingredients, we're just going to skim through really quickly. Um, you'll see microcrystalline cellulose. So it's got a little bit of that scrub again. You'll see glycolic acid midway through. But I think the main call out in the beginning is you also see these, they call quartz crystals, which is going to be the scrub aspect as well, along with these fruit enzymes. Mm-hmm. So much more gentle. Yes. Yeah. And Gloria's favorite, I should call out, is there silica in here as well? Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, um, for this, pro- I should mention that they did do a four-week clinical, mm-hmm. but it is in conjunction with two products. So we mentioned the body scrub, but also their second, which is a crepe control body cream. That's actually pretty important because I do think there are some companies out there that are a little bit more misleading with their body claims because the reality is cellulite and crepey skin is are difficult problems. You're not going to scrub that away. Like yeah. It can help a little bit, but by itself, it probably won't give you the results you want. Crepey or crepe? A crepe. I've seen both. I think you're right on the crepey. I've just never, I've never gotten the the, the rule book on yeah. what is the right thing to say. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> if those of you are wondering, I'd love to know your thoughts because I think you're right. It is crepey. But yeah. I should say for the body cream, mm-hmm. um, it does have a peptide in there. Mm-hmm. There's not a, actually a ton of other actives that really jump out to me until you get to like the later half. You yeah. do see kind of like the hydrating, so the you see hyaluronic acid, sodium PCA, and lactic acid, which is definitely in there as a hydrator. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really it aside from lotions unless gloria do you catch anything else oh body is another category where they love putting caffeine in it yes really no i have no idea what it brings to the table no but we will say they do have their proprietary miristol nicotinate yeah that one is strivectin's proprietary vitamin b that they use so we should call that out as well yeah but it's not tmc (laughs) 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 anyway oh yeah so here is a image of their before and after and i would say the visual is wild Mm -hmm. it looks really impressive the only thing is i wanted to point out is this is where when we're talking about that hinge Mm -hmm. how like important the hinge aspect is Mm -hmm. because even just like you can rotate it forward or back. Changes everything. Changes everything. The yeah. shading, um, what stands out more. Um, so yeah, but otherwise, I mean, despite all of that, you definitely can see a marked improvement. The arm, something else that's really hard is when people are nervous, they tend to flex or they yeah, tense up. Yeah. And the muscle definition, like the muscle in your arm, it changes yeah. the lighting completely. So these per- um, perception of, you know, like the shadows that comes in from yeah. general skin texture can be more or less obvious super difficult totally because in the before you can see that shadowing is greater right mm-hmm. and then you can almost see like there's like a a little like puff of skin mm-hmm. like around the hinge area so yeah so that should tell you but otherwise this is still a very good bna very impressive. Yeah, yeah because you can tell and and this is like the margin of improvement that we would say definitely 
hit. But if the margin of improvement is much smaller, we'll kind of put it in that category of like it's highly likely that the picture itself isn't lined up perfectly. Yeah, totally. All right. And then in terms of one final product I had to share, um, <laughs> I should say this one isn't really um, using any sort of exfoliant, but is one claim that's very common in the mm-hmm. body care realm. This is Eucerin's Advanced Repair Lotion that you can buy at any drugstore. We just want to mention that this one makes a 48-hour hydration claim. Oh. And this is going to be that very vanilla classic claim, but it's actually really hard to find. I have scoured a lot of drugstore body lotions and actually can't really find a time point of hydration. Mm. But fun fact, those hydration studies are quite expensive. <laughs> yeah, actually, you would think it's such a basic claim yeah. that it's probably just a run-of-the-mill study, but yeah. especially for body, yeah. because again, the formula has to be kept at a lower cost, people probably don't really want to invest in that kind of studies. Yeah, exactly. But it's got some great ingredients. Um, If you look, we'll go through it really quickly. You've got your glycerin, your urea, you've got your sodium lactate, you've got butters and oils. So this is really just a classic, Mm -hmm. um, I guess, good old body lotion. I don't have anything else to say. Yeah. I also spike ceramide MP at the end. I find ceramide body care to be kind of a <laughs> shrug moment for me. They just busted I, in. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, unless it's been, unless this product is, I just don't think there's a chance of it being as super high level. Totally. Um, totally. Ceramides have been tested on a lot of problematic skin, specifically eczema. So yeah. sometimes eczema creams will also have ceramide. And those tend to, I actually, place a lot more weight than in ceramide blends in those type mm-hmm. of products because it's likely that they're using a blend whose delivery system has been studied it has been studied to help on some level but in this product there's only one singular ceramide mp in pure form in this ingredient list yep. so i will wager like i wouldn't value this product for the ceramide mp portion yep but a good claim yep. so other than that those are kind of the th- three general claims that you can look at. And I guess the sum up of this is body care is wild Mm -hmm. because it has probably the least amount of testing behind it. Usually you're going to hear things more focused around exfoliants and Mm -hmm. hydration claims. But And both are actually really important to body Mm -hmm. care. And we're going to get into that later in the meats portion. I will say because... I think 99% of my effort goes from neck up. Yeah. Like, am I going to wake up one day in my 50s? And I'm like, huh. <laughs> huh. Well, is my it- elbow is telling me I should do yeah. body care. Like, neck and up says, could kind of pass as in my 30s. Neck and down. Screams, <laughs> no. well in my 60s. You're right. You're right. That's a good point. All right. So that's it for Decodes. We are going to wrap this episode up with a couple Q&A. So mm-hmm. thanks for submitting your questions. I think the first question we got, especially around body care, was do I need to use a body serum? I think I'm going to be in the camp of no. Uh, I really think that there isn't enough merit for it. We haven't seen, like Victoria mentioned, studies on body is really difficult. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen enough evidence to say uh, certain ingredients or certain, yeah, certain actives warrants being in a body serum format to give you that extra efficacy. If anything, I just think that, you know, good moisturizer will 
will do for the body category. Totally. So we you shouldn't have to pay excessive amounts of mm-hmm. money because we are seeing like luxe body serums yeah. out there now. That's not really necessary. And then probably the only caveat to that is if you are treating any sort of body yes. acne that would require a supplement yeah. topical. But otherwise, yeah, totally agree. Next question we got is about beauty stat. Um, someone asked, thanks for this post. I just got the beauty stat one and it seems pretty gritty. Is it too gritty to work well? Thanks. And this is in reference to their vitamin C or their sunscreen? Vitamin C. Vitamin C. Uh, <laughs> so. <clears throat> okay, make it a squirm a little bit. <laughs> to give some background, vitamin C, L-ascorbic acid mm-hmm. is a water-soluble ingredient, but because it's highly unstable, one of the formats that you can find on the market is what we would call a suspension. Yeah, It's basically usually in some sort of dimethicone or oil base in a slurry form. Yeah, So basically, these are vitamin C crystals merely suspended. Mm-hmm. One of the controversies with, not controversy, but one of the biggest questions that people have about this format is, well, if it's not solubilized, does it work? Because traditionally, Mm. an active can only be delivered to skin once it's in solubilized form. People have looked at that, and it does seem like in that suspension form, it does still work. I haven't seen anything head-to-head to say it worked just as well and whatnot. So I will say... um, it being gritty is a bit <laughs> of a warning sign. Yes. Because generally speaking, finer, better uptake, yeah. better chance of it working. Yeah. And I think that's always, again, that's always been our problem with suspensions yeah. is trying to suspend that much vitamin C in a very fine formula is difficult. And I will say Beautystat has actually done a clinical um, on their formula. However, when formulas scale in processing, things can change. So, So as, you know, the formula scales, this is where formulation can change. And so when Gore and I actually first tried the formula, oh man, four years ago. Yeah we found that the suspension was much better than the ordinaries. Yes, it wasn't gritty. The ordinary was like a 30-grit sandpaper level of grittiness. Yeah. But I didn't feel any level of grit with the beauty stat one. And I will say, of all the suspensions I've tried, the Kiehl's one has always been pretty consistently just like a pace. You can't really feel grit in that one. So that's usually the target I try to hit. Yeah, so we want to say like, Grit is probably not ideal, yeah. Um, and it would be something we would um, ask to maybe go back to the brand on, as that's not normal, and it should not be the norm for these ascorbic acid suspensions. That's really all we could say. Yes. Yeah, get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and we have one last question. This is a Laren one, so this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks, so helpful as always. I'm trying to incorporate a brightening serum with five percent niacinamide. 3% tranexamic acid and 2% alpha albutin Loaded. into my routine, which is already includes retinol. They did not disclose a percentage. 20% ascorbic acid, SPF, and your gold standard glycolic, which I love as a booster and monthly mask. 
I'm confused about order and pairing here. Should I pair the brightening serum with my morning ascorbic acid serum, which goes first, or would it be better at night before my retinol? I feel like I'm earning an honorary degree in chemistry with this journey. <laughs> Victoria and I might have slightly different takes here. Okay. I would say, first of all, um, I will actually use this one morning and night. Mm. Um, just because it is a difficult hyper... It sounds like you're really trying to solve a hyperpigmentation issue. Yes. And it does take a, a pretty dense routine to solve everything yep. it is a very comprehensive active list that covers a lot of different corners mm -hmm. so the way i would do that i personally would do this routine would be in the morning i would do vitamin c as a first step after cleansing and then i would do the brightening serum second mm -hmm. just because without knowing what this um formula is my wager is it's not a fully water-based product okay. and the vitamin c would probably still go first mm -hmm. that will go second followed by your your SPF or your moisturizer in the SPF, that would be my morning routine. At night, I would pro I would do um, the brightening serum as a first step after cleansing. Mm -hmm. And then I would do um, the retinol and my night cream. And I would do just use the gold standards of once a week rinse off mask. That would be my routine. Actually, I, I totally agree with that. That's, mm -hmm. that's what I would recommend because, you know, with brightening products and a lot of these, they just need to be used as consistently as possible mm -hmm. to get any sort of benefit um you mentioned using gold standard as a rinse off mask once a week yeah if you even want and your skin can tolerate it, i would say if you're you want to continue dosing that yeah. as a booster that's totally fine as well um but brightening i would say brightening actives for the most part are actives that can be dosed uh, morning and night for the most part and is not a big problem as a lake acid is the same way yeah kojic acid is the same way as well yep. it's just a matter of layering it with the vitamin c yeah, yeah. and most hyperpigmentation studies are done at 12 weeks twice daily use yeah yeah fact that wraps up our decode that body claim uh body claim <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're ready to go. We're ready All to right. wrap this up. Yes. Thanks, for, thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> yeah, so that wraps up our decode that body product claim. Where can they find us, Gloria? You can find us on our website, our brand new website, at chemistconfessions.com. Write to us at info at chemistconfessions.com. DM us on Instagram at chemist.confessions. And we will see you guys next week. Enjoy, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.